Hey folks, Ryan Kennedy here. Welcome back to the show. I'm covering a topic that's probably one of the most misunderstood food topics in the health world today. And that's the concept of dietary fat. You know, people are constantly getting confused and getting mixed information on whether fat is good for you, how much to consume, which fats are heat stable and good to cook with, and which ones aren't. And for decades, you know, flawed research and corruption took healthy fats off the table and replaced them with these toxic hydrogenated oils and trans fats and led people to believe that fats should be avoided and minimized in your diet. But in reality, healthy fats are necessary for good health and are an essential part of our diet. And it's important to keep in mind, not all fats are created equal. This, you know, this episode, I'm really gonna cover what you need to know about fats to improve your health and really kind of clear up some of the confusion out there so that you can make the best choices for yourself when it comes to what you consume on a day-to-day basis. So first myth is that, you know, I'm gonna bust, is that healthy fats do not make you fat. Americans were greatly misled to think that consuming dietary fats resulted in a direct increase in body fat. But this is far from the truth, folks. That'd be like saying eating blueberries makes you turn blue. You know, our bodies are comprised of all these complex metabolic pathways that are so much more complicated than that. You know, there's been a lot of research on this. You know, randomized, uh, I have actually two, before I go any further, I have two chapters in my book, Beyond Nutrition, where I break down these topics of healthy fats, I break down the topic of harmful fats, and I put probably two or three dozen different uh, research studies in those two chapters alone because it really helps to provide you with some context to not just take my word for it, but to actually look at the research. And then I'm basing this also off a lot of the clinical data I've got gathered through years in in practice, helping people improve their health in my functional medicine practice. So quick study I am gonna outline here on this episode is there was a randomized control study done on healthy women. And there were two test groups. So one group of women were told to follow a lower carbohydrate diet And the other group followed a low fat diet. And what I mean by low fat diet in this study specifically was less than 30% of total calories. So the the results kind of the the low carbohydrate, higher fat group lost more total weight and more body fat than the group that were told to eat a low fat diet. And the study also found that the diet that was lower in carbohydrates was more effective than the diet low in fat for fat loss and was not associated with any negative risk for cardiovascular risk factors that were measured. Now, this is not to say just one blanket statement, everyone should eat low carb, high fat. That's not what I'm getting at here. We're all different. What I'm trying to get at is that fat should not be feared. It shouldn't be avoided. And and neither should carbohydrates entirely. Um, There's obviously a big problem with people way, way, way over consuming sugar and and various starches. Um, But more on that another time. Getting back to the matter at hand, the truth is the body Our bodies require healthy fats to fuel your brain, to balance hormones, to have stable energy levels, to maintain a healthy weight and metabolism and and so much more. So then reasonably you'd pose the question, why was everyone told to reduce fat consumption? You know, back, rewind, things are changing now, thankfully, but 10 to 20 years ago, the low fat diet was the the norm. Low fat was a huge marketing uh, label put on all sorts of food products. So why was this? You know, if, if there's this good research and I'm coming out telling you that's not true, why were millions of Americans told that eating saturated fat would cause heart disease and weight gain and increase their chances of early death? Well, it all comes back to corruption in the sugar industry. 
who actually paid scientists to say that heart disease was caused by saturated fat, not sugar. And there's actually a really good research study I could link up in the show notes, uh, beautifully outlining this whole concept of what happened and what trans transpired. Um, so this mi misleading advice really caused countless numbers of people to adopt a low-fat, high-carb diet, and as a result, obesity rates skyrocketed, rates of chronic diseases like heart disease, cancer, diabetes, all skyrocketed, and, and the research did not actually link a high-fat intake with heart disease. Many well-done research studies have disproved this myth and shown that healthy fats do not increase a person's risk for heart disease. So, I mean, and on top of that, healthy fat consumption with decreased carbohydrate consumption has been shown in many studies to help with weight loss and improve cholesterol levels. So with that kind of established, let me dive into some of the main types of, of dietary fat. We have saturated fats, we have monounsaturated fats, we have polyunsaturated fats, and then we have trans fats. So saturated fats are going to be coming from things that are fats that are stable at room temperature. So if you have a fat or an oil and you put it on the counter, if it stays in oil form, something like a extra virgin olive oil or an avocado oil, that's not saturated. But if it's solid at room temperature, something like coconut oil or grass-fed ghee or butter, these are saturated fats. Monounsaturated fats would be things like olive oil and uh, avocado oil. And then polyunsaturated fats, while there are a wide variety of these, it very much so comprise uh, your omega-3s and your omega-6s. Um, and it's not that either one is good versus bad, it's just that most folks consume way too many omega-6s and not enough omega-3s, and their balance gets out of ratio, something I'm going to talk about more in the latter part of this episode. And then we have trans fats, which should just be avoided altogether. This is where you take an unstable oil and you essentially go, you, you highly process it to a point where it becomes a trans fat, usually through uh, hydrogenation coupled with some other processes, because hydrogenated fats um, are, are mostly trans fats. And so it just becomes extremely problematic, and we're going to get to that. Um, but kind of back to the healthy fats and some of the benefits associated with them, I'm just going to rattle off a few things. You know, it helps with proper hormone balance because fats are ultimately what our bodies use to create sex hormones like testosterone and estrogen and not getting enough of these really can disrupt your hormonal balance leading to low testosterone in men and, and poor estrogen balance in women and when fats are too restricted women can even experience uh, such severe hormonal dysregulation they can start to have things like amenorrhea where they lose their period they can have you know, um, issues with leptin, uh, which signals to the brain when you're full. And this lack of leptin can lead to overeating and weight gain. So, you know, fats are very important for satiety, you know, feeling satiated after meals. Uh, fats also increase nutrient absorption. You know, they work synergistically with various micronutrients to improve our body's ability to absorb them. So one example of this is olive oil, increasing the bioavailability of a compound called lycopene a powerful antioxidant found in tomatoes and other plant foods and other things like fat soluble vitamins like vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E and vitamin K uh, really require healthy fats to be properly absorbed and used by the body. That's why if you took a vitamin D supplement uh, on an empty stomach, it's not going to be a good idea. You're not going to absorb much of it compared to if you ate it or took that supplement with a meal and ate some healthy fats. Uh, and that's why you know, research, research has also found that adding healthy fats to your salad or to your vegetables increases your body's ability to absorb more nutrients from those vegetables. Now, another thing is cell membranes. You know, fats surround the outer parts of our cells in the body. 
So when you start to un under consume the right types of healthy fats and you're over consuming the wrong types of, of terrible rancid fats, they actually start to comprise your cell membrane of these toxic fats. And this will cause chronic inflammation at the cellular level, which in turn can lead to numerous health issues. Because in order to have proper function at the cell, you must consume the right types of fats so we have the proper cell membrane to basically uh, be conducive to proper cell signaling and removing waste products out of the cell and all sorts of other uh, biological processes that transcribe. When there's inflammation there, the cell essentially becomes a garbage dump because it can't properly uh, remove waste uh, and byproducts out of the cell because that you know cellular, cellular channel starts to become disrupted due to the cell membrane dysfunction. And then we have you know how it can support weight loss. Any of the right types of healthy fats are going to lead to better insulin sensitivity, which means your pancreas has to produce less insulin to keep your blood sugar stable. And since insulin is one of the the main fat storage hormones in our body, it means less fat less fat gain, you know, less weight gain. Uh, and it also healthy fats keep you fuller for longer, so it means less meal frequency. It makes doing various fasting protocols a lot easier. And so it could just be fantastic for minimizing food cravings and, and the potential for binge eating and overeating. And then of course we have cognitive function. You know, your brain requires healthy fats to function properly. Your brain itself, it's made of about 60% fat. So healthy fats, especially saturated fats and omega-3 uh, polyunsaturated fats are very important for brain function, brain development, brain growth. Um, so this is going to be really, really key as well. So then poses the question, all right, I'm following Ryan. What are the healthiest fats to consume? Well, since some fats can be really problematic to your health, it's important to know which ones to go with, which ones to steer clear of. And so I have a few that I'm gonna go over. First, I'm gonna cover the fats that are good for cooking because not all fats should be used for cooking. For example, extra virgin olive oil can be a very healthy fat, but it's not heat stable. So it can really become prone to oxidation when exposed to high temperatures, which can then make it from a healthy fat into more an inflammatory uh, fat for the body. So fats that are gonna be good with high heat, very top of the list is gonna be grass-fed ghee. This is clarified butter, where you remove a lot of the milk solids and dairy proteins. And this is great for people who have dairy sensitivities because you're removing a lot of the components that may cause a, a reaction within your body. And it contains the same great nutrients as butter, but it's even more heat stable. It is the best fat to cook with, and it's the number one fat I use whenever I'm cooking um, because it has a smoke point of like 485 degrees Fahrenheit. It's incredibly stable, and it freaking tastes delicious, guys. It tastes fantastic. So I use almost exclusively ghee, grass-fed ghee. Anytime I'm cooking, Ancient Organics is hands down my favorite. Zero affiliation with that company. They just make the most top-notch ghee I have ever had in my life. And then grass-fed butter, you know, it's not going to be as heat stable or as good as ghee, but it's still going to be great. You know, really uh, Americans were told to stop eating butter and replace it with a toxic trans fat called margarine, which no one should eat. But luckily for all of us, the, the science supports what our grandparents, our ancestors have known for centuries, that grass-fed butter coming from healthy cows is incredibly good to eat. It's got conjugated linoleic acid, CLA. It's got butyric acid, vitamin K, it's got all sorts of good um, fatty acids and nutrients that make it uh, a great thing to include. You know, just don't do like a super high, high heat stir fry with butter because it can, uh, can burn and, and become exposed to excessive heat. But if you're using low or medium heat cooking, grass-fed butter is going to be totally fine. Next up on the list is coconut oil. 
Coconut oil has been attacked on and off. You know, some people making claims it's not good for you because it has such a high saturated fat content. But as I mentioned previously, saturated fats are actually essential for our bodies. And coconut oil, in addition to saturated fat, has what's called medium train triglycerides, MCTs, which are fantastic for energy and brain function. So coconut oil is a good fat to cook with because it's got a, it's very heat stable since it's saturated. And it's also good to use for a whole bunch of different things. People put it on their skin, their hair. I personally don't, but I think it could be very beneficial for those things as well. And the thing with coconut oil, coming from someone that cooks a lot, is it does taste like coconut. <laughs> no surprise there. So it's not going to be a great choice if you're making a savory dish because it might throw off the flavor profile of your meal. So I really urge you to uh, use it more for things like sweet potatoes, maybe in a healthy dessert, like a healthy baked good. You know, coconut oil can be great. Uh, but I wouldn't use it to like cook up some eggs. I, I personally just don't think it would taste very good. And, you know, I'd rather use ghee for something like that. Uh, and then next up on the list, we have grass-fed pasteurized animal fats. Things like grass-fed beef tallow, duck fat, high-quality lard. Animal fats of this nature have been vilified for the same reason as all saturated fats. But really, these naturally existing animal fats are really good for you. They're satiating. They have great fatty acid profiles. One major caveat here is your animal fats, and any animal foods for that matter, must be coming from a properly raised healthy animal. I've talked in past episodes about why confined animal feedlot operations, you know, CAFO meat products, are terrible for the environment, terrible for us. Uh, but 100% grass-fed, organic, properly raised animal products are great for the environment and very healthy for us. So when an animal is healthy and being raised the way Mother Nature intended, it's going to be overall beneficial for your body. So those are going to be good fats to integrate as well. Um, and then there's one last thing on the list, one last fat as far as healthy cooking fats, uh, besides the four I just covered, and that'd be palm fruit oil. Red palm fruit oil is rich in carotenoids and other nutrients. And, you know, one of the main controversies with palm fruit oil is that many companies are harvesting palm fruit oil in a very destructive, unsustainable manner. So as with many products, you know, you have to make sure you're sourcing it from some place that's sustainably harvest. We want to make sure it's unrefined. Um, but with those caveats in place, it can be very uh, good fat to incorporate in your diet. It's been eaten in the, the tropics for a long, long time. And I think it can be great. So just to sum things up, best fats for cooking, healthy fats is going to be grass-fed ghee at the top of the list, grass-fed butter, coconut oil, palm fruit oil, and then healthy, uh, high-quality animal fats like beef tallow or duck fat. So moving forward, couple more fats that are healthy to consume and find incorporating to your diet, but I would not personally expose them to high heat. Uh, first one on this list would be extra virgin olive oil. And no surprise here, olive oil has been at the top of the list for healthy oils for a, a long time due to this long list of impressive benefits. And there's a lot of studies on this and the Mediterranean diet showing olive oil would be fantastic. Uh, the problem, the problem with olive oil is much of it in the stores is actually cut and diluted with toxic vegetable oils, which means it's gonna make more profits for the manufacturer, but it really is a problem for our health because the vegetable oils they cut it with, like canola and soybean and corn oil and a whole bunch of others, are very, very bad for our health. So this causes a dilemma for folks, you know, because it makes, makes you wonder like, hey, am I getting real high quality olive oil? Because large scale testing has shown that approximately 70%, 70% of the olive oil products in the United States are not actually olive oil. Um, a guy named Tom Mueller wrote an excellent book on this topic called Extra Virginity, 
the sublime and scandalous world of olive oil. I definitely suggest you check it out to learn more about this issue and find out, you know, he, he put some good resources in there of where you could get pure, high quality, extra virgin olive oil. Uh, so one of my go-to brands is called Bariani. They're a great California olive oil. There's a bunch of others out there, but you wanna make sure you're getting something good quality, not just the cheapest one you could find, because that's very likely to be problematic. Uh, and, and despite popular belief, olive oil is not good for cooking, folks, you know, especially at high temperatures due to it being unsaturated. As I mentioned prior, saturated fats are gonna be the most heat stable for cooking because they don't have an extra double bond that can react with oxygen. So these are gonna be your go-to options when it comes to cooking fats, but olive oil is gonna be fantastic to put on salads or to apply to food after it's finished cooking because uh, it does have a lot of great benefits. I personally use the most olive oil when I'm making like a pesto or a healthy uh, sauce that I use on my food. I think it's just absolutely fantastic for that. And then all avocado oil are, are gonna, is also gonna be a healthy oil to consume. Avocados being one of the healthiest fruits in my book, Ex excellent source of potassium, antioxidants, and you know these monounsaturated fats. Um, but I don't personally ever use avocado oil because I love avocados. So I eat a lot of avocados. So I'm getting plenty of those fatty acids and those nutrients from the whole fruit. So I don't see the need of bringing in that type of oil. Now, a lot of people will say because avocado oil has such a high smoke point, it's gonna be great for high heat cooking. I don't personally agree with this. It is unsaturated and therefore not as heat stable as saturated fat despite the high smoke point. So I'm personally gonna say, don't cook with all avocado oil. I at least don't. It's, it's gonna be much better than like vegetable oils and other uh, terrible fats, but I would still use it in, you know, on salads and on food that's not being exposed to high heat. And then moving forward, we have fish oil. This is gonna be fantastic uh, fat to incorporate into your diet um, because in general, Americans consume far too many omega-6 fats coming from things like nuts and seeds and, and various other sources, and not nearly enough omega-3 fats coming from cold water uh, wild-caught fish. And it's not that omega-6s are all bad or omega-3s are all good. The key is optimizing your omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. That balance is key. And most experts believe that balance to be about four to one or less. So four parts omega-6 to one part omega-3, with some people even saying a ratio of two to one would be ideal. But the standard American diet has a ratio between anywhere from 15 to one all the way up to 25 to one of omega-6 to omega-3. So clearly people are over consuming omega-6 fats. They're skipping out on their omega-3s. So I'm really gonna urge people to incorporate more omega-3s and decrease their consumption of omega-6. And fish oil is one of the best sources of omega-3 uh, fatty acids. Um, as with a lot of things I'm covering, sourcing is gonna be of the utmost importance because a lot of fish oil on the market is rancid, poor quality, not to be uh, consumed. It's just terrible for you. So don't get your fish oil at Costco, folks. I love Costco, but they're not a good place to get, you know, as far as branding for uh, high quality supplementation. So my favorite is from Carlson Labs. I absolutely love their cod liver oil. I've been using it for years. I recommend it to people in my practice. Uh, and it's also a great source of bioavailable vitamin A, retinol. And if you're eating a lot of wild caught fatty fish, you're gonna be getting plenty of omega-3s. So you don't even have to worry about fish oil if you're eating things like salmon and sardines. These are gonna be great ways to get it in from a whole food source. But if you're not eating those types of wild caught fatty fish multiple times per week, supplementing with a good omega-3 fats like the cod liver oil I referenced uh, is gonna be a fantastic option. 
Uh, and then there are a couple other things uh, as far as oils, walnut oil, macadamia nut oil, those could be part of a healthy diet, but sourcing becomes a little problematic and because they're higher in omega-6, I'm not a huge proponent of that. Walnut oil in particular, walnuts have a great balance of omega-3, 6s, and 9, so that's going to be a pretty good one. But you got to make sure you keep it in the refrigerator, don't want to expose it to excess of light, you definitely don't want to cook with it. Um, but outside of that list of what I covered between those you know, 8 to 10 oils, or fats and oils rather, most of the other things are going to be really good to avoid. Now, one thing I want to tackle before I get into the flip side of this conversation of fats and oils to avoid is what does cold pressed really mean? You know, you'll see it on labeling, it, cold pressed olive oil or cold pressed avocado oil. Well, sadly, in the United States, the governing agencies tend to do a much better job at you know receiving funding and, and money from food conglomerates than they actually do from protecting the public. And this has resulted in a lot of labeling confusions. And these labeling confusions are always designed just to mislead the consumer, to sell more products. And one of these is the term cold pressed, which is commonly used by a lot of these various fats and oil companies to make their products more, more uh, you know, likely for you to buy, make it sound better, make it sound healthier. So the process, and the way this comes out is because the process of, of turning like a seed or a nut into an oil involves a massive amount of pressure in these hydraulic presses. And, and that in turn can cause a lot of high temperatures because you're dealing with a massive amount of force and those high temperatures can really damage the oil. So like I said, these things like macadamia nut oil, uh, walnut oil, um, even things like avocado oil, I don't think they're very heat stable. So this is where the term cold press becomes so alluring to us consumers since it implies the oil was pressed in a way where no heat was generated. Unfortunately, the FNDA allows food manufacturers to advertise cold press, the term cold press on their label, even if the oil reached outrageously high temperatures during production, as long as there was no heating device used. How freaking stupid is that? No one's gonna use a heating device. The hydraulic press that's squeezing the oil out of the nut or seed doesn't need a heating mechanism to generate heat. It does that through the extreme pressure alone. So the term cold pressed is not something you should pay too much attention to. Uh, there are a few companies that are pressing their oils correctly, doing it slow with adequate temperature control so the fat is not exposed to damaging high heat. Um, and there's a few that I could recommend. You could always leave a question in the comments or reach out to me if you'd like some uh, you know, companies and brands that I know uh, are doing this correctly. So as you can see, healthy fats are essential for our bodies. They should not be feared. It's really eating the wrong types of unhealthy fats that can be extremely damaging to our health. So this episode is getting a little long. So what I'm gonna do, so I'm gonna cut this one here. This is gonna be part one of the healthy fat series. I'm gonna come at you with the next episode of part two on healthy fats, or I'm sorry, on unhealthy fats. So part two of the fat series is gonna be dis really discussing the history of vegetable oils, how these things came into the food supply, why we should avoid them at all costs, and why I believe these unhealthy fats and oils to be the most damaging food you could put into your body. So thanks for listening in. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to tune in to the next episode that's going to be part two of this fat kind of breakdown, uh, really kind of diving in and you know, really clarifying a lot of information on which fats you should be using and why, which fats you should be avoiding and why. So be sure to watch the next uh, or listen in to the next episode where I break down the unhealthy fats to avoid. Thanks folks. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can find the show notes and resources we discussed at ryankennedyshow.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Much love, everyone.